Welcome to the Alpha Female Podcast with me, your host, Robin Baldwin. This show is to inspire you to embrace living like an alpha female. But what is an alpha female? An alpha female is a powerful and assertive woman. Her confidence is due to being an intelligent and intellectual problem solver. She chooses ambition and is proud of it, but strives for a happy and healthy work-life harmony. An alpha female puts herself first, sticks to her priorities, but nurtures relationships with all the people in her life. So let's get started. This episode is sponsored by my autoimmune healing guide. So if you've been a longtime listener of the podcast, you know that I have talked about a thriving with MS guide for those newly diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. I have my building blocks of health guide, and then I created the work-life harmony worksheet. So all are based on very similar principles of taking care of ourselves based on the five health building blocks, which I call them, which are nutrition, supplements, exercise, sleep, stress, and reducing your toxic load. So in the autoimmune healing guide, I've added um, a bit more information for those who are newly diagnosed with an autoimmune disease. It gives you kind of a, a tour of how to take care of yourself and empower you to take care of yourself in a different way than maybe you have before. So it's got book recommendations, podcast recommendations, time management on how to start optimizing different aspects of your life, um, specifically around nutrition, supplements, exercise, sleep management, stress management, and reducing your toxic load, as well as time management tips on how to prioritize and how, how to schedule it out. So if you want to go over to bit.ly autoimmune healing guide to download your free guide today, I would absolutely love that. And if you don't have an autoimmune disease, but you know someone who is newly diagnosed, I would really love if you could share um, this podcast episode with them so that they can download it for themselves. If you're listening to this show, you've been drawn to being inspired on how to create work-life harmony in your life. And by now, you're probably aware that I'm a doTERRA essential oil wellness advocate, but I'm stepping into this role in a much louder way this year. I'm obsessed with essential oils as simple self-care tools in our toolkit. doTERRA is the only company who sources essential oils by finding the best place in the world that the original plant grows through something called co-impact sourcing. They have incomparable transparent testing practices to create therapeutic grade essential oils and they have a heart of gold through their charitable division, Healing Hands. If you haven't had a chance to sample doTERRA essential oils yet, I'd love to send you a few samples. So email me at robinbaldwin at gmail.com and put in the subject, I want oils, so we can start to chat around what your body is currently craving in the self-care department. You are listening to the Alpha Female Podcast, episode 167. All links and show notes can be found over at robinbaldwin.com forward slash podcast. Today on the show, we're talking to Dr. Rachel Corradetti. Dr. Rachel is a board certified naturopath, and she was actually my naturopath after my MS diagnosis and has been so instrumental in my healing journey. She studied at the National College of Natural Medicine in Portland, Oregon, and the Canadian College of Naturopathic Medicine in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. 
She's licensed through the College of Naturopaths of Ontario and is a professional member of the Canadian and Ontario Association of Naturopathic Doctors, as well as the Endocrinology Association of Naturopathic Physicians. So I absolutely love Dr. Rachel. If you know about her, she's actually um, got a very famous mother in the name of Tosca Reno. And uh, it was very cute. Before we started recording the podcast, she said that her mom helped her with like the podcast setup, um, which is awesome. And I'm so excited to present her on the show, not only as uh, a very knowledgeable healthcare practitioner who is involved in the autoimmune thriving program, but also uh, an alpha female herself. She um, is in a stage of life or season of life right now where she's got two beautiful babes in the world. And she she talks about having baby brain at one point. Um, And we recorded this during Mercury retrograde and we totally jinxed ourselves before starting the recording because we had so many tech issues. I'm going to, I'm recording this before my editor actually gets the chance to edit the, the full content. So I'm hoping he works his magic and you don't experience any of the hiccups that we did. But if you, if you do, and he wasn't able to remove everything, please bear with us. Um, I absolutely loved our conversation. She is such a powerhouse. And not only did she help me with supplementation and lifestyle changes early on in my diagnosis, but she also helped me with mindset changes. And I've shared it on the blog and on social media where she asked me, why do you have to be superwoman? So we, we get into that at the end of the conversation and it's, uh, it's everything to me. So I hope you enjoy the conversation. Let's get right into the show. All right. So welcome to the show. Do, do I call you Dr. Rachel or Rachel? <laughs> oh, it doesn't really matter either one. I take either. <laughs> I'm so excited to have you on the Alpha Female podcast and to be collaborating with you for the Autoimmune Thriving Program. So maybe tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and what drew you to becoming a naturopath. Big question. Thanks so much for having me. I'm really honored to be on the program and on the podcast and really part of quite an illustrious list of other people that have been on the podcast, um, many of whom I know, which is kind of fun. Um, So yeah, I'm a naturopathic doctor. Um, I've been in practice for the past five years, um, primarily in Toronto, although that's shifting now. Um, I got into naturopathic medicine from my own experience, which is often the case for a lot of people. I had just come off the pill. I was having quite a few issues with hormonal imbalance. And I worked with a naturopathic doctor in London, Ontario, which is the town where I was going to university at the time. Uh, Everything was fixed very quickly. After I had been told by an MD that I wouldn't be able to have kids, I had my period back in three months working with the naturopathic doctor. So I thought, what's this all about? <laughs> um, did quite a bit of research, actually did an entire thesis on the, um, the basically development of naturopathic medicine in Canada and the US. And after that decided, well, this is definitely the, the route for me. So um, that's what got me into this mess. <laughs> Um, So in your years of practice, what is your experience treating autoimmune patients? Right. I mean, it's everywhere. So I see it all the time. In the last five years, I've very much been, I would say, a generalist in the sense that I treat what comes into my door. But so much of that has been um, autoimmune disease in many different forms. So rheumatoid arthritis, Crohn's and colitis, autoimmune thyroiditis, of course, MS. So I've seen it in all different ways. Um, You know, I think what's interesting about 
autoimmune disease as a whole is the name itself gives away the core issue with the immune system attacking itself. Mm-hmm. So almost regardless of the condition, we're always coming back to that core place in order to um, give people a better quality of life and in some cases reverse. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I saw you, I guess it was like immediately after my diagnosis, you were one of the first practitioners I added to my healthcare team. And that was, oh gosh, what, 2015? Um, so four years ago. So you had just started practicing maybe a year before. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's cool. I didn't know that. Um, <laughs> so over the course of the years, have you seen more autoimmune issues pop up or um, like not, not necessarily, I would say like a full blown diagnosis, like multiple sclerosis or rheumatoid or anything that you uh, mentioned, but even, I don't want to say small scale, but um, like psoriasis and endometriosis and all um, ones that I don't think are labeled as diseases per se. Sure. Um, I would say the biggest one that's walked through my door over the course of the past five years has been autoimmune thyroiditis. That's the one thing up everywhere. I was treating a very young professional um, population in my clinic in Liberty Village. So I think a lot of the people who are coming through my door were, were young women and, and it's, you know, it's very common in young women. So that one for sure, I have found a huge increase in the frequency of um, in, in my world. So unfortunately, I have seen it increasing. What's the difference between that and Hashimoto's? It's the same. Same. <laughs> Yeah. So are using the clinical term and I feel like the autoimmune world calls it hashies all the time. Absolutely. Yes. Hashimoto's, okay. <laughs> which is autoimmune thyroiditis. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I was good. Awesome. Interesting. Um, yeah. Because when I started doing all of my research, the community that I found was very much based around healing Hashimoto's because of the experience of the practitioners in the autoimmune wellness um, so I believe both uh, Mickey Trescott and Angie Alt, who created Autoimmune Wellness Brand, both have Hashimoto's as one of their many diagnoses. So they attract um, similar people looking to heal that. Um, so what would you say as people approach you who have recently been diagnosed with an autoimmune disease, what's your most valuable piece of advice that you have found is really working for your patients? In terms of valuable piece of advice, I think that what I like to tell them is we will find what works for you. And, and that's essentially my, my job really is to um, help them understand what's going on with their body. Um, and you know, one of our tenants as naturopathic doctors is doctor is teacher. So I find a big part of my job is really teaching patients about their body. You can be given a diagnosis, which feels like essentially a blanket. Okay, here, this is it. And, and, but that's not always really, um, the way, let me reverse and try this again. (laughs) This is four month old baby can't speak (laughs) brain happening right now. Um, so you know, it can feel like, well, what do I do? It's going to be the same treatment as everybody. But really, the way everyone experiences what's going on is very different. So um, my biggest piece of advice is just, okay, let's figure out what works for you. And we're going to, we're going to do that together. And, and ultimately, the point is so that we can have the best sort of outcome and the best life experience mm-hmm. going forward. I think that's why 
uh, one of the reasons why I created this program is um, it can be so overwhelming what to tackle. And I remember going and, you know, trying to figure out what practitioners I was going to build onto my team. And then I was like, well, I have my neurologist for like actually monitoring my disease. And now I need to talk to someone about my digestion. Now I need to talk to a naturopath. Now I need to talk to an acupuncturist. And I just intuitively planned it out. But I think that's one of the most overwhelming things is, you know, there's so much information out there around optimizing or lifestyle design for healing. And it's like, you need to do nutrition. You need to do supplements. Even I'm, you know, echoing that in the world. You need to take care of your sleep patterns. You need to take care of your stress management. You need to reduce your toxic load. Um, and I think that's super overwhelming. So one of the goals that I'm trying to accomplish is getting people um, a healing plan that they can then say, okay, it feels really easy for me to adapt, like, adapt my nutrition first. So I'm going to play with that bucket and I'm just yeah. going to park everything else so that I don't overwhelm myself. Right. Do you have patients that come in and they're like, I want to do it all like right now, like me? <laughs> Infrequently, okay. <laughs> you're special because you're very willing and you're very. Um, oh, I mean that in a really nice way. <laughs> like you're yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> motivated with your health. Um, so I would say more. More of what I see is people coming in. I'm feeling just so overwhelmed, and they're armed with information. Um, but I borrow this term from Katie Couric, which is TMI, NEU. So there's too much information and there's not enough understanding. So you can go online and you can learn all sorts, but do you necessarily understand it? Do you know how to apply it to you? And that's where I'll often come in um, because I, you know, have the knowledge for digestion and acupuncture and that kind of thing. I can really help people as supplements, of course. I can help people understand, okay, so here's what we're going to do now. And then maybe we can bring these people onto your team when you're ready, Mm -hmm. um, you know, based on how the person is presenting. Gotcha. So it's about really taking someone and discussing all of the different options, but then giving them um, baby steps. Like, let's just focus on one thing first, see how that changes your health. Yeah. Okay, cool. Right. I mean, the problem when you do too much at once is it can be for a lot of people extremely overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I will admit, I sit with patients and I'm like, so can I throw the kitchen sink at you? <laughs> I know all the things. And I know I always have to just take it back a, a minute. And say, okay. What can we really start with where we're not going to get muddled results where we think, okay, was it this that did it? Was it this? I don't know. Um, so that can help us just be really clear about the things we truly need to do for the patient. Mm-hmm. And, and again, to just reduce the, the overwhelm and, and the, uh, you know, oh my gosh, there's so much. What should I do? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, and that's it, my job. Just let me that, <laughs> And that's so interesting about like, the kitchen sink versus one thing at a time because I, re- I wanted the kitchen sink and I did the kitchen sink and the kitchen sink worked, but now I don't know exactly what works. So now I'm still doing the entire kitchen sink. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. And then, I mean, it, it's working for you extremely well. So it's hard for anyone to say, well, just stop doing it. Right. Um, yeah. yeah. And I went in to see my functional medicine practitioner here in Ottawa before uh, she actually went on mat leave. She's like, good luck. <laughs> you're good. You're not going to have me for a year. And I was like, 
hmm, okay. Um, and That's a very nice math leave. I want her job. <laughs> and I had asked her, I was like, I actually wanted to ask her, can I reduce my supplementation? Because I, um, you know, as I've blogged on my website, you know, I have the full kitchen thing. And she's like, yeah. I wouldn't recommend, like everything you're taking is for a purpose. And I actually recommend your supplement protocol to other MS patients. So I was yeah. like, oh, okay. <laughs> so yeah. I think yeah. that's, I think that's what's, um, one thing that can be hard is as you start doing all this research and you realize that there's so much out there, you're, you realize that taking care of yourself is now a full-time job. And yeah. I think that's what really overwhelms a lot of uh, patients and being able to do, let's just do one thing at a time and actually measure and track those results. And then we'll add on. Um, mm-hmm. It's so valuable and having a practitioner like talk sense into the kitchen thing, people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're walking into a very new situation when you receive a diagnosis like this, right? And, and so you want people to understand that I guess part of it is in some cases, it, it may have taken a while for the body to get to this place. It's going to take a while for us to get back to a place where you feel your best. So let's work together to do that in the best way we can. Um, you know, I always am very honest with patients. It's not going to happen overnight. It just isn't. With the medicine that I use, it takes time. And, you know, there may thing, be things that work in two weeks, but in all likelihood, we're going to be doing this for a while. So let's just do it in an, an approach that's doable for that person. And everyone's different, right? Like, absolutely. And yeah, certainly in the case of, in your case, where you're taking a lot of things, and I will definitely work with patients at some point to get them off, but it takes a while for mm-hmm. us to get to a place where they're, you know, not taking as maybe as much as they want to. Yeah. I heard an analogy about what our culture is becoming and it's the microwave mindset that we want to put something in the microwave, heat it up for a minute and be able to eat it right away. And so it's this convenience lifestyle. Um, And it's the same reason why conventional medicine has served people really well up to a certain point um, because it's that convenience mentality. And when you go to potentially a more natural approach or holistic approach where you're working with different practitioners, including conventional medicine, um, it is that long uh, or length of time that I don't think someone really understands until they get into it. Um, and having a practitioner that actually says, like, this could take six months until you see changes. I don't think um, someone who is newly diagnosed, I don't think they're actually registering that um, and I'll use the example of my husband. I for, forced him, <laughs> forced him to go see a naturopath for um, a health pain point last year. And the naturopath was very, very clear that it was going to take three to six months for him to see results. And he stopped <laughs> doing the protocol after a month. And I was like, <gasps> yeah. yeah. So. First of all, very normal. I will often see, you know, the the girlfriend and then the boyfriend or the, you know, the husband and or the, the wife and then the husband or, you know, the girlfriend and then the girlfriend, whatever it may be, I, that usually works like that. Somebody comes in the door and then they send everybody else. <laughs> and it's often the case I find, especially with my male patients where they're just maybe not willing to do something for that long. <laughs> yeah. The, com- the compliance is not always there. And I think the compliance is something that I struggled with at, in the beginning until I found a visual reminder in terms of supplementation specifically. Like I have an old, 
I call it my old man pill container. I don't know why. I don't know why I call it the old man. The senior citizen pill container is on my desk at work, and I visually have to see it. Like it has to be in the open. And my evening supplements, the one that I take right before bed, have to be on the counter, even though they're eyesores on our beautiful renovated kitchen. But it's yes. just that visual uh, reminder. Um, Absolutely. So. I think that's one of the biggest struggles is compliance for any anything from nutrition to supplementation to building new morning or evening routines. It's like just that consistency. Mm-hmm. Um, so one thing that I wanted to get your opinion on was you have a, I'm assuming uh, this is taught in naturopath school, but you had a really, really great intake. Um, and I've, I've done different intakes as I've interviewed new practitioners once I moved to Ottawa and not all intakes were the same, but they were fairly lengthy in nature. So what's the best way for someone who's newly diagnosed to come into, uh, an intake with a naturopath? Well, overall, just with honesty, right? I think people get very afraid to share the truth about their health. They think someone's going to be judging them, especially I find people when it comes to more of like a natural health care provider that we're like the nutrition police or something like that. <laughs> we're not. The more honest you are, the more I can, I can help you. Um, so, you know, just with respect to answering the questions, it's just being as as thorough and as honest as you can be, because that's where I'm going to be able to do my, my best work. Does that answer your question? I'm not quite sure if it does. Yeah. And I'll dig a little deeper, but yeah, I think honesty is best way. So coming into, I think with any practitioner, when you're doing a meet and greet or a full intake, like the first appointment, it's providing them with as much information as possible. But is there also a point where they may be providing too much. Um, And the reason why I say that is, I don't know, I think I learned this from the autoimmune wellness ladies was I have, I call it my MS binder. And I literally have like every, every blood test I have ever done um, since diagnosis, the protocols that naturopaths have given me or functional medicine doctors my MRIs, like I literally have everything and I bring it with me to an appointment. I'm like, do you want to read my binder? (laughs) Um, Okay, right. Now I understand. So, you know, honestly for me, when I see a patient who's doing that, I will really um, give them props for doing that because I honestly feel that's what everyone should be doing with their health information. You know, it's no different than me. I have uh, I have a, a folder on my computer where I just have everything in digital form for mm. blood going back like 10 years. And mm. really, I say, no, that isn't too much information because, you know, if a patient walks in with that kind of information, I'll often, you know, take a look and decide, okay, I'm going to take a copy of X, Y, and Z. And then that way we have progress over time. And I understand how things have been going over time and we get to see a trend, which can be extremely helpful. Um, I'd say what's probably more challenging is if the person comes in with a binder of all of the research that they've done and they're asking me about 75 different questions about what about this? What about this? What about this? And, and that's, it's really, it's fine. But um, like I said before, there can be way too much information that people can gather without understanding enough. So maybe that's what I get into a little bit of overwhelm. Mm, oh, I love that. So yeah, that was the TMI and the uh, not much understanding. 
Um, and that's really cool. I have really appreciated over the years when practitioners have asked me what my, like, when they ask me for my top three goals, then I think it can get a little overwhelming, but like one or two goals, it's like, what pain point do you actually want to solve right now? And with you, it was like, I need to figure out how to learn to live with MS. Most recently, it was going to a practitioner and saying like, I don't want to feel like I'm dying day one of my period. Um, And I want to be able to maintain my health with MS. So it's like when I give them a goal, then I think it's easier to take that information and say, okay, well, if we're dealing with period pain, I'm going to look at your hormones. So let's look at your blood tests and look at what has been tested in the past instead of like, the gamut of like five page blood test reports. And it's like, I'm going to look at everything and try to find a problem. It's, it's easier to, to talk to that patient about a pain point that they want to solve. Definitely. And I find it's really helpful if a patient does come in and they have a bunch of concerns, that's fine. Let's decide right now what's your what is your your top concern or what are your top two concerns and you know let's decide how we approach the care with that at this point so that we can then go back to the rest of the list at a, at a later date and maybe some of those things won't be there anymore yeah once you know, the work begins um, the nice thing about that too is I find when patients start to feel better they forget what was bothering them to begin with. So have it written down. I've seen this time and time again with migraines. It's it's so crazy to me where a patient will come in and they'll say, I have terrible, terrible migraines. Plus they've got these digestive issues. And so in that case, there's often something linked. So we'll start with something. Um, and they come back and they're like, wow, my gut feels so much better. Da, 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 da. And I'm like, well, that's great. I'm so glad you're feeling better. What about your headaches? And they're like, oh, I'm sure. Sure. <laughs> Like, well, I'm really glad I wrote that down. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> awesome. really bothering you. Yeah. <laughs> or if they come in there and say, my gut doesn't feel that great anymore, or, you know, not yet, and we're not maybe there yet. And I say, well, yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> so. Just, yeah, it's like being able to pull out the wins, too, so that they can see progress. Absolutely. Uh, that's a big part of the charting and the communication that I have with patients is, okay, here's the list that we started with. Here's where we are today. Let's check up on this. You know, I do a lot of checklists with patients because that helps to say, oh, wow, that is better. Oh, good. Okay. We can cross that. We're done. Moving on to the next thing. Mm, That's cool. So what would you say for someone that, you know, wants to come in and discuss 10 things, what can they do before they come in to maybe prioritize those? Is it maybe like ranking that? Do you have them rank them? Like this is a pain point on one to 10? Yeah, I would totally rank them. And if they're able after ranking to kind of figure out what's number one right now, that is very, very helpful. Um, It does definitely save time in a visit. Well, I mean, if they haven't done that, we'll do it in a visit. But yeah, that, that is very helpful to just know exactly what the core issue is. What is your, even though as naturopathic doc, as a naturopathic doctor, my job is not to treat the symptom. I still need to know your symptoms to know what we're dealing with and that the symptom is your pain point. So we have to be able to come back to that, right? Mm. To prioritize that is really helpful. Okay. So um, I'm just going to go back for a second because I realized that someone listening may not even know what naturopathy is. Oh, sure. <laughs> so maybe give us like the 30 second elevator speech when someone asks you, what do you do? 
Yeah. It's funny because I'm, I feel like I'm out of practice with my speech because I've been on maternity leave for the last couple of months. So let me, <laughs> let me do this. <laughs> um, I have to go back and what did I say to patients? Um, so usually what I try to explain to patients, and this is, I should say, I'm not sure if your participants are going to be coming from different parts of the world. Um, naturopathic medicine in North America is different than in other parts of the world. And um, I should say specifically the US and Canada. And then even within Ontario, naturopathic medicine has its own scope of practice. So my definition will really speak to that. Um, in Ontario here in Canada, we are um, definitely seen as primary care providers. So what that means is we can um, behave in a similar fashion to your family doctor, but we're not doing all of the things that they're, that they're doing. Um, so, you know, whereas you would go in and see your family doctor and you would list your symptom concerns. Um, I will do the same thing. I can do physical exams if I need to. I can send you for blood work if I need to. All of that's very similar. It's really the treatment that varies and, of course, the length of, uh, of time that you're spending. So with a naturopathic doctor, you're spending a lot of time going through your health so, you know, not anywhere from an hour to 90 minutes in some cases for the initial visit. Mm -hmm. um, and then the approach to treatment is, is different. So, you know, in Ontario, naturopathic doctors do have access to some pharmaceuticals, and that includes myself. I'm licensed to prescribe some pharmaceuticals. I'm not always starting there. It really depends on the case. We have the additional trainings that we can start with other more natural things. Can we do something with diet? Can we do something with proper supplementation? And it's really clinical supplementation. So what that means is you're getting appropriate doses of the correct supplement given your case to actually have a difference um, in your, you know, with your care. Um, not, uh, botanical medicine is part of our practice as well. So herbal medicine, acupuncture in Ontario is part of our scope of practice. So those are the things that, um, that we're doing as naturopathic doctors. It's quite a bit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I like to explain to people that it's the length of time that you spend with the doctor. And I'm glad you mentioned that because, um, it was especially in Ontario, our family doctors are limited to like a 15 minute window. And you really can't talk about an entire history or like what's going on lifestyle wise in 15 minutes. So that amount of time with the naturopathic doctor is so amazing. And then um, I, is, I don't know if this language is appropriate. It's like how my brain understands it, but the conventional medicine doctor, like you present them with a symptom and they go and they treat immediately that symptom, but it may not be getting to what caused that symptom. The so root. Yeah. So right. would you say like that? I feel like a lot of people explain it that way, that a naturopathic doctor is trying to find the root of the problem. That's definitely true. That's ultimately what, what we're looking for. And sometimes we have to peel back the layers of the onion to get there. So there may be times when we do treat a symptom. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, ultimately the idea is to get to the, the core of the issue to treat from that place up. Um, it's really just a product of the system. I mean, I have so many medical doctors as friends who really, I think, would love to do what naturopathic doctors do. And it's just a product of the system that the time isn't there. Mm. Um, and the training isn't necessarily always there either, right? I mean, um, conversations with these people about nutrition training and things like that. And, you know, it's just not there. There's a time and a place. What they're doing is so critical. Mm -hmm. And we need, but this day and age when we have the, um, 
problem with chronic disease and, and, and definitely autoimmune disease being part of that picture, this takes time. This takes very special discussion when it comes to how you're dealing with your diet. How is your sleep? What are your stress That's okay. Hi, husband. Hi, bye. Um, so, yeah, it's we really need to be able to spend more time on those conversations, and they are lifestyle conversations. Changing mm-hmm. something diet does not happen in 15 minutes. The, the, changing someone's diet can take months, years. Yeah. So, you know, I feel it's a real um, honor to do what I do. And I love it when the care is collaborative, working with people's medical doctors that are part of their team that we need to have as part of their team is awesome. When we can do that, the results are incredible. Um, so I'm bringing you on in the autoimmune thriving program as an expert in the, in the module for specifically supplementation. Um, so why one, why is supplementation important in today's day and age in terms of food quality and nutrients that we're getting from nutrition? Right. So first I want to just take this supplement word and break it up a bit. She's like, oh, why isn't she answering my phone? I don't know why. I just, it's just fun. Um, if, if that happens again, I'm very sorry. I should have told, told him I was working. Uh, I don't know how to take the phone calls and the text messages off my screen. So I want to take the word and break it up a bit because supplement really covers a lot of different areas. So there are nutrient supplements. If we talk about things like iron and B12, now he's texting me. And I'm really sorry. <laughs> um, and there are other supplements like botanicals, like herbs, um, which are, they behave in a, in a different way. Um, and then we also have other things like probiotics, which is like a bacteria, right? So there are lots of different types of supplements. And so yes, in some cases where it's a nutrient, for example, or even something like a probiotic comes down to our water supply and our food system being just a little bit depleted and not as great as we would like it to be anymore. Um, For something like herbs, really, if we think about this, there are a lot of pharmaceuticals that come from herbs where they're taking the core um, or what we know to be the core um, impactful element and turning that into a a pharmaceutical. With botanical medicine, we take the whole herb. um, So the effect is a little bit gentler, but we also get the benefits of the plant overall. Things that we probably don't even know about from a scientific perspective just yet. So supplements are important because yes, we do have certainly an issue with food and water supply, but when it comes to treating um, health conditions, botanicals can have a huge impact. So that's why these tools are very important um, in in this type of care. Mm, I love that. So why is it important for someone to work with a practitioner to test before supplementing any of those like three categories instead of reading an article and knowing that vitamin D is important? Sure. So this one, I love to talk about vitamin D in particular. I don't think a lot of people know this, but a naturopathic doctor actually has to do a pharmaceutical licensing examination in order to prescribe vitamin D above a thousand IU. Okay. And as someone with MS, uh, you know very well that above a thousand IU is pretty darn important. Yeah. 
important. So, you know, you can walk into a health food store and someone can tell you to take 4,000 of IU of vitamin D. Me, in order for me to say you need to take 4,000 IU of vitamin D, I actually have to go through a licensing exam to be allowed to do that because my regulation is so tight <laughs> that if that person gets sick from that, it's on me, right? Mm -hmm. So it's important to work with practitioners who really know what they're doing because these things are very impactful, especially if you're doing them at, you know, orthomolecular doses where it can be quite high. You really need someone who knows what they're doing, who has your back and who can follow the results, who also knows what else you're taking, who knows what, you know, other diseases may be present in your life. We need to have all of those pieces of information together in order to be able to properly dose. Um, so in some cases, you know, testing isn't necessarily required. I would say in the case of some herbs, for example, we may not test in order to give you exact things. Um, now, when it comes to things like nutrients, when it comes to things like some hormones, um, you know, absolutely, we need to, to test to know what are we dealing with here? How vitamin D deficient are you before you take this vitamin D? You know, what is your B12 level before we give you B12? Because, you know, you can't just willy-nilly take these things. In the case of vitamin D, there are toxic levels that could cause a problem. Same with something like iron. You could take too much iron, right? I mean, I see ads all the time for take iron, take iron. Do you know what your iron level is? Do you, do you know what your ferritin level is? Do you know the difference? Let's talk about that. Actually, <laughs> I know you do. What that is before you start taking this thing, and then let's let's measure it. Let's track it. So yeah. What's going on? Yeah, I used vitamin D as an example because I actually sat. So the MS Society asked me to sit on a panel of doctors who were looking at all of the research and reports. Um, I may have fallen asleep during some of the meetings. Um, <laughs> But they had me on as like the community member uh, in the MS world. And awesome. as they were reviewing all of the different research, the goal was to provide practitioners with recommended doses mm -hmm. um, that they could give to people with MS or those that were on the autoimmune spectrum to potentially develop MS, which was amazing. It's like, we need to give this information out. And uh, what was super frustrating, one, this is a tangent, but the, it actually took three years for them to come to conclusions and agree on those conclusions. And That's so okay. <laughs> yeah. And it literally, like, the it was just published, like, last year, and it's, like, 4,000 IUs is the minimum dosage, 8,000 is the maximum, and you must continue to test and be tracked by a practitioner because you can have toxic levels that and something to do with calcium. So, um, but it was just so fascinating that it literally took three years to come up with these conclusions. Um, yeah. a lot of yeah. people don't understand that. And they were really trying to, um, come to a conclusion that they could communicate to others that this is important, but you need to be followed by a practitioner. You need to be tested consistently. Um, because if you're high dosing, uh, like myself at 8,000 IUs consistently, you need to monitor those levels to make sure you're not getting to a toxic level. Oh yeah. I mean, and I've had patients who have taken a thousand IU and get to toxic levels. Wow. I would, That's entirely genetic. I would, like to, I would like to have that problem. <laughs> right? It happens. This is not stuff that we can play around with, right? So the natural health world is, is wonderful. There's so much out there that's so mm -hmm. great. But when it comes to stuff like herbs and supplements, I just, I don't want people to mess around. That is my job. I went to school for this for a very long time. I have a very tight <laughs> license and regulations that 
you know you're going to be in good hands. Yeah. And I think that's why I wanted to bring this up is because it's so easy to go to a natural food, uh, yeah, natural health store, natural food store and pick up a bottle of a supplement and it says on the label, like, good for this. And you're like, oh, I'm kind of struggling with this. I can take it. But not understanding the dosage. Um, so when you work with a naturopath and they say, you know, you're only going to be taking 100 milligrams, which is two pills a day. <laughs> and it's exactly like a conventional doctor would prescribe an antibiotic, but this isn't regulated. So yeah, um, yeah, I, I hope that's coming. I mean, I see sort of some things leading in that direction. There's some some work going on um, from a government perspective. I think it will be really positive um, because it does it does need to be done. I mean, stuff happens with mm-hmm. these things. Yeah. I mean, my favorite is when a patient comes in with their bucket and then they walk out of the door with their like two or three, <laughs> right? Because I think people will go, I mean, I go into a health food store and get overwhelmed and this is my job. How can how, everyone else must just be kind of like in this world of wonder? Oh, I'll take that. Sure. Sure. And so people walk in with buckets and we have to really pare it, pare it down. You don't need you do not need all that stuff. You, <laughs> whoever you are out there, you don't need all of that stuff. We need to find what you actually need. Mm. Yeah. So <clears throat> what are the, as I now have something in my throat, <laughs> what are um, the two ways? So I'm only aware of two ways that you can test for um, micronutrients uh, just through a red, like red blood cell test that, you know, your conventional medicine practitioner would usually recommend. And then I've also done a much more expensive test that actually looked at what my white blood cells were absorbing. (laughs) Excuse me. So there are many different ways to test. Um, (laughs) Sorry. Not the worst. (laughs) Are you okay? Yeah, now I'm just crying. And so everybody that's going to be watching this on video later, they're going to be like, is she okay? I'm like, yep, just something stuck in my throat. (laughs) Well, here I am getting phone calls and yelling at my husband. So we're all human. This is not perfect. And we were talking about how we were in Mercury retrograde before this, and it totally jinxed ourselves. Um, so there are lots of different ways to test. I honestly feel very comfortable getting started with your conventional blood work in a lot of cases, and I'll throw out the very functional, um, and often more expensive tests if I feel that I really need them. And it's hard for me to sit here and say there it's this way or it's that way, because it really depends on the case. And even when it comes to those functional tests, there are so many different functional tests. <laughs> So I could probably talk about that for, you know, an hour on its own. Mm-hmm. Um, really, I think the, the, the core message there is just um, your healthcare provider can help you determine what tests are the best for you. Okay. You don't have to do all of them. Okay, yeah. cool. So you mentioned that there are certain supplements um, per se that you need to test for because you need to know what your levels are at and to know the recommended dosage. Is there any type of supplement that um, you don't need to test for? There are a lot of supplements for which there is no test when it comes to, you know, like let's say a nutrient that we're trying to work on. There may not be a test that we can do. Um, so in that case, we don't test. We we go based off of symptoms. Um, sort of, I'm going to use... A very commonly known supplement is like magnesium. 
magnesium testing is a very weird world. Um, it's kind of, we're not super clear on the best approach to magnesium testing. Um, so that, for example, can be one of the ones that will say, you know, I don't really need to test it. Let's get you started on it because you have XYZ symptoms. Well, let's see how you feel. Okay. Is it similar to, let's say, my understanding of vitamin C is you can't get to a toxic level because you're just going to pee it out? Um, so is it ones like that too, or like you don't actually need to test if they're showing symptoms of like immune system dysfunction? In some cases. So another one, so what we have are fat soluble vitamins like A, D, E, and K, which were, it's a lot easier for us to get to toxic levels because they will um, basically stay in our fat tissue as opposed to being eliminated completely. And then we, all of these things. <laughs> Um, and then we have our water soluble nutrients would be things like the B vitamins and the C vitamins, where it is certainly harder to take too much. Something like a vitamin C, you're going to know you took too much because you're going to have terrible diarrhea. That's a little <laughs> bit easier to know you've overdone it. Yeah. Um, B vitamins, we can test some of those, like a B12, for example, we can test and see where you're at. So yeah, it's, it's, you, you can't test everything. All patients come, come in and I want to test everything. Well, we, we can't actually test everything. <laughs> <laughs> what we really need to test, we'll do that. And then we can get started with the other stuff. And that's more, yeah. more yeah. I'm pretty sure I was that patient. I want to test everything. And you're like, uh, do you have a million dollars? Oh my gosh. Some of the functional tests are just crazy. And it's yeah. really neat. I reserved them for very particular cases where yeah. you know, we're not seeing it. And that was really appreciative. Um, I was really appreciative of that too, because it was also like managing my budget and I was willing to like throw whatever I needed to, to understand what was going on in my body. But as I have come to know, taking care of oneself holistically, and especially with more natural approaches is really, really quite expensive. And I digress, but like one of the reasons why um, with the autoimmune thriving program, I've built in a treatment fund. So I'm taking a portion of the proceeds to put into this treatment fund that people without benefits or um, financial stability can apply for. Um, like, let's say they haven't had a massage in a year. I really want to be able to like pay for somebody to go for a massage. Um, right. And that was really important for me to see because um, I was completely financially stable when I was diagnosed and it wasn't an issue for me. And I was like, yes, pay for all the tests, but that's not the reality. So having a practitioner kind of like slow the, the kitchen sink person down and being like, okay, let's, let's start with the ones that are covered and then we can build from there if we need to. Totally. Yeah. And that's where a collaborative model can be very effective too, right? If, if someone's medical doctor is, you know, willing to, meet, to communicate and, and come up with a plan, that, that can really help. Mm. You can get blood work done through your naturopathic doctor, the same stuff you would get through your doctor. However, you know, you have to report it because OHIP doesn't, or in the case of Ontario, OHIP doesn't cover that testing for naturopathic yeah. doctors just yet. Maybe that'll change one. Yeah. That would be amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, so we've explained um, why we need to supplement based on those three. Um, so maybe take us through, uh, and I don't know if you can talk broadly about this, but like what's the best way to start? And do you get people to like track their symptoms, journal? Uh, what's the best way to kind of like monitor to see if it's working? So when you say the best way to start, do you mean specifically with with supplements or um let's use an like let's use me for an example 
um, we tested my vitamin D was deficient, my vitamin B was deficient, and my zinc was deficient. So, you know, I start taking those three things. But what's the best way for someone to kind of monitor themselves? Do you have them like journal, symptom track? Yeah, so definitely symptom track. And this really depends on the the patient, if they're willing to do their own journaling, great. A lot of people aren't. So I keep a list in my chart notes of the things that we've discussed. And when they come for their follow-up, we'll just, we'll go through that list and say, okay, where are we at now on a scale of one to 10? Or is that completely gone? That type of thing. Um, We track with results. So in some cases, for example, when we're in the early stages of dosing vitamin D, I'm going to have you retest that in six months and let's see what the result is. same with something like B12, for example, or iron, if I'm putting a patient on that. So we can we can test res- with results. So it's usually a combination of the two where we're looking at symptoms and we're looking at results. Okay, cool. Um, and then what's your best tip for compliance? So mine was visual reminder, but what are some tips that you give your patients when um, they're just struggling to remember to take their supplements? Okay, so what's your best tip? I gave my old man pill container, but what's your best tip regarding compliance and taking your supplements? So first of all, I have one of those too, (laughs) as does my husband. So (laughs) I actually think those are really helpful. Um, And so what I always send my patients home with is a schedule. Um, And so they're going to see the name of the supplements the, this, excuse me, the supplement, the time they're supposed to take it, the dose at which they're supposed to take it, whether or not it's with food, and the reason why, because I often find people will forget why they're taking things so that they can see it, just a quick little note, here's why you're taking it. They're like, oh, right, I really do need to take that. So I find put that somewhere where all of your supplements are located. So you mentioned that you have some that come with you and then you have some that stay on your kitchen counter, right? So I'll talk with patients. Okay. In my case, I keep it all, every single thing I keep in the fridge, unless it's something that's not supposed to be refrigerated. Of course I keep it next to the fridge, but I want everything to be in the same visual area. And I, I put my supplement schedule up on the fridge for myself. So then you just look at it and eventually you've memorized it and you just take and go. Um, if you're someone who goes to work and takes a lunch with you, put it in your lunch, in your supplement container. If it's something that you're supposed to take before you go to bed at night, leave it on your night table. Hmm. That's kind of the approach that you have to take is just get it where your eyes are (laughs) so that you don't forget to take it. Right. So there are many different tips for compliance, but I find definitely keeping it visually present is a very important one. And the, the case of partners. So I was going to ask, I was like, my husband has a supplement container, but I'm filling it and I literally have to take it off of the counter and put it on the coffee machine so that he takes it in the morning. Yeah. Oh yeah. My husband takes all of his to work. So I put them in his little container and off he goes. And I come back at the end of the day and it's empty. It's great. Unless he goes out for lunch, in which case he doesn't take them. (laughs) (laughs) However, he does have all of his colleagues coming up to him and saying, so should I take this for this? There, Matthew, and I'm like, wait, what? Wait, how's this happening? You don't even need give them to you <laughs> on a silver platter. So. Yeah, that's so funny. I don't think I don't think my husband even knows what he's taking. Like, if he were to look, yes. he kind of yeah. looks at them, and I think sometimes he wants to ask me, like, what are what am I taking? <laughs> just like, just just no. take just take your our naturopath gave me your protocol. <laughs> yes, that's what happened with Matthew too. <laughs> 
<laughs> he sent it to me after, after with permission, of course. Yeah. Um, so that I could tell him what to do. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's yeah. Awesome. I would really like to know if there's any males that actually listen to the Alpha Female podcast and hear <laughs> this and say, like, I have no problem. My partner does not need to take care of me. I would really like to know because I have never seen it in my life. Like, my mom yells at my dad when we go over for dinner. My mom's like, Did you take your supplement? <laughs> just like, Oh, so it's just- no, I would love to know that too because I'm, I'm totally being very, you know, blanket here and I don't mean to be yeah. offensive. It's <laughs> what I've seen over the years. So. Yeah. I would really appreciate a male who listens to the Alpha Female podcast because I know there are some, like, actually message me on Instagram and be like, I take my own supplements. My partner doesn't do anything for me. I would be like, that would be amazing to hear. That's so great. Let's hang out. <laughs> um, that's awesome. Okay. So I'm really excited to get into this part of the conversation um, because this had nothing to do with um, nutrition or supplementation or sleep or stress. Well, maybe stress. But one of the things during our intake is I gave, you had asked me like all the things I was doing and uh, you know, rhyming them off like my Instagram bio. And you asked me the question, do you know that you don't need to be superwoman? Mm-hmm. Um, and that has been the most impactful thing, I think, outside of like the building blocks of health in terms of how I take care of myself. So why did you ask me that question? And where did you, where did you learn to ask that question? Oh, well, I would love to say I learned that question in school. I did not. I think it's just life taught me that question. (laughs) Um, And, you know, honestly, what it is, is I'm guilty of it myself. So many of us are, right? And so, um, you know, before we recorded this, we had a pre-conversation and I I said I need a taste of my own medicine some days, right? Where I have to ask myself the same question. Um, These, so if we think about the superwoman term, I think you know, we think of someone who puts on a cape and goes and saves the world <laughs> from all of these bad things. I don't know if that's what it means these days, though. Really, for us, these days, superwoman means um, at this busyness level, right? So it's doing it all, which is really just busyness. And unfortunately, in our time, busyness is a badge of honor, and in some cases, a sickness in and of itself. So, you know, we've really forgotten that rest is, and, and not having a, you know, a, um, a plate that's overfilled or a schedule that's overfilled, we've forgotten that that's as equally important as all of the other things that we're doing. So. That's the reason why I asked the question, um, and and I continue to ask the question, and I ask myself the same question <laughs> in my own time when I have a few minutes to journal. Do I need to be doing all of these things? What do I really actually need to be doing? Mm-hmm. We're not doing. We're just being. <laughs> it was so yeah. interesting because at the the time, so I was diagnosed in two thousand and fourteen. I think uh, a, a very um, popular trend on social media and blogs at the time were people talking about like stop the glorification of busy Mm -hmm. but it wasn't just about like you can be busy with one or two things in your life Mm -hmm. but 
my overachieverness was so proud of all of the things I was doing. And it was a badge of honor to be able, like I remember, and sometimes Facebook shares those memories with you and some of my statuses, like I literally was so proud of all the things I did in a day. And I would list them out to tell the entire world because I wanted people to know what I was doing. Um, and I have a whole lot of things wrapped up into work and worth that I've been working through and I'm still working through. Um, my podcast guests know this in the, the last um, series on masculine and feminine energy. We were talking about it quite a lot with guests. Um, and I have this like need to prove. I have this need to overachieve, um, especially because, and I, I blame it. I, I got it from my grandfather and my father who um, were very, very accomplished men. And I remember standing at my grandfather's funeral and finding out that he had been the president of Air Canada. And I had no clue um, because he never talked about it when he was my grandfather. He always asked me about my day. He never talked about his accomplishments and they were celebrated at his memorial. And I was just like, I've got to live up to like this name. And my dad has a PhD from Harvard. So I was like, I have got to like continue to prove myself in this world. And so, you know, I was so proud. I was like, I'm a blogger and a podcaster and I'm doing this and I'm doing this and I'm doing this. And those um, don't serve me um, in the best way because I was running myself into the ground. And so when you posed that question to me, I was like, oh, I don't know why I need to do all these things. Mm -hmm. um, and to this day, still, still horrible at it um, because <laughs> yeah, still blogging. I launched a podcast two years after my diagnosis. I was doing a lot of freelance writing uh, at the time and I was racing and I had, I felt like I had something to prove. I did 20 races in the year after my diagnosis and gave myself adrenal fatigue at the end of the year. So I'm constantly like trying to prove something and it made me realize that I really don't have anything to prove, that I don't need to prove that I'm stronger than MS, that MS is here to teach me how to actually just be. Um, and I'm still figuring it out, but I'm getting there. And that's why it's a journey, right? Yeah. And that's why I say the journey is different for everyone and how they experience it is different. I try to meet them where they are and to help them about place and, and work from there. Um, you know, as women, we know that the connectivity level in our brain is very strong. We have a lot going on in our minds. It's not just a straight path. So it's, I think a lot of us are, are I don't want to say guilty because it's not really a thing to feel guilty about. A lot of us do that. A lot of us just do all the things. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, because right. if we're like if we're assigning guilt and shame around this, then we're, we we make ourselves feel bad for being right. this way instead of just saying like, no, something just needs to change. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely, that's what it is, and and figuring out what do you actually like to do and what do you what do you not need to do? Are there things you can delegate? Are there things that you can ask for help with? Um, where you know, and that could be the case for someone who may be thinking about 12 supplements to take can you ask someone for help to decide that or to help you decide that yeah. right so we we are super women just naturally it doesn't necessarily mean doing all the things to be super women we just are <laughs> yeah. 
I, I think that's, that's applicable to also to the too much information is we, we want to be empowered to know the information so that we can be an educated patient, but you don't have to become a naturopath, a registered holistic nutritionist, an acupuncturist, a traditional Chinese, like the people have trained and are experts in this. And that's why we build an amazing healthcare team. But I think we also, if you're an overachiever personality, you also try to learn everything and yeah. then and then you're bearing a burden of overwhelm from your healing journey. So, right. Um, which, we, which we do not want ever. I mean, the reality of it is these days people have to be advocates for their health. Whatever your health condition may be, you, even if you're completely healthy and you're just going in for maintenance, you still have to be an advocate for your health. So unfortunately, we can't take a backseat to these things. We do have to be aware Right, and and so you're going to have to have some level of, of you know knowledge as your journey progresses. But maybe your journey starts with making the switch from white sugar to I don't know a little bit of maple syrup. That could be where your journey starts, and and we just begin with that piece, right? And and starting your health advocacy there. Um, it will grow in time, and you don't have to be an expert on it all because that's where the delegation comes, right? And we just say, okay, you do this. Yeah. You know, all of these things and I'm gonna do this part where I just try to keep it all together. <laughs> That's awesome. Um so thank you for being so instrumental in my healing journey and thank you for coming on the podcast and being a part of the autoimmune thriving program. Um now you'll have to explain because I want to make sure that anyone that's listening to this podcast, if they want to work with you, how can they work with you? But you mentioned when we were chatting before that there's some regulations around working with you if they're not near you. Um, so can you share online versus in person? Sure. First I'll say thank you for inviting me to be part of the program. It's an honor to be here. It's an honor to, you know, have been at the start of your journey too. So thank you. Um, and to those listening tonight, thank you. Um, working with me. Yes. As I've mentioned during the podcast, my regulations are pretty tight. So unfortunately I cannot work with people, um, outside of, of Ontario. Um, I can do online care in some cases. It depends on the case. Sometimes I do have to see someone in person. It's all based on, um, you know, what the case is in front of me. For example, if I have to do a physical exam on a patient, it's going to be really challenging for me to do that online. So but what I'm always very um, happy to do for people is to find a naturopathic doctor near you. So if you are really wanting to take that step with your, with your healthcare, I will help you find someone who can work with you. Um, and of course I offer complimentary consultations to patients who are wanting to just kind of learn and find out, is this going to work for me right now with where I am and what can be done and, and that type of thing. And to see if, if we jive, right? I mean, I'm not going to be the right person for everyone. So I'm, I'm happy to take emails and to direct people. Um, and if it works to work with me, then that's great. So what's the best place to find you online at your website? My website's the best, uh, rachelcoradetti.com. The spelling, I don't know how that's going to be presented. Will they have, will they have my name? I will add a link to oh. the show notes so people can go to, uh, everyone's used to going to robinbaldron.com forward slash podcast. And then there'll be a link in there to her website. Sure, because um, my, my last name is very Italian. <laughs> Um, and that also will have my social media links 
available um, on the website and you'll see a, a way to contact me. So that's probably the best. Perfect. Um, yeah. Thank you so much for your time this evening. I really appreciate it. Thank you for inviting me. It's been awesome. So after three years of recording the Alpha Female podcast, I did a thing. I created a Patreon page. So over the sabbatical from January to March, I started listening to the Sick Boy podcast. And they have the best way of telling their listeners to go support them on Patreon. And I, re I realized after listening to them that there's no reason why I can't ask for your support. So hosting a podcast, putting a podcast out there can be expensive. If I were to total up all the expenses for the past three years, I would probably gulp looking at the total amount because hosting the podcast on Libsyn and using a podcast editor, those costs add up. So I am kindly asking you if you would support me by pledging to become a Patreon supporter of the Alpha Female Podcast. So you head over to patreon.com, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash alpha female podcast. And there's different pledge areas or tiers. So you can pledge as little as $1 a month, as little as $3 a month. I've got a $5 one and a $10 one. So pledging $1 a month gets you access to our alpha female pack Facebook group. If you pledge $3 a month, you'll get access to the Alpha Female Pack, a shout out on the show, and I would love to send you a doTERRA essential oil sample of your choice. So you get to pick from my entire collection what you'd like to try, and I'll send it over to you in the mail. If you pledge over $5 or more a month, I've got some pretty cool um, incentives. So you'll have to go and check out the page. And then especially for the $10, um, just check it out and let me know if those incentives make sense to you. This is my first time doing this. So I'd love to learn from you. If you even have your own Patreon page, let me know what um, type of edits you may want to see. Um, and we'll go from there. So let's see how this works. Please support the show. I would very much appreciate it. For the listeners of the Alpha Female Podcast, Audible is now offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial so you can check out their service. There's some amazing books like You Are a Badass by Jen Sincero or The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com forward slash alpha. Again, that's audibletrial.com forward slash alpha for your free audiobook. This episode is sponsored by Four Sigmatic. It's the most popular mushroom product on the market, and I've actually been drinking their Shaga tea even before they sponsored the Tim Ferriss podcast. So I figured it was about time I got you guys a beautiful discount so you can snag your own mushroom coffee, tea, or hot cacao mix. I'm obsessed with the Shaga Mushroom Tea. I drink it in the afternoon for a really high dose of antioxidants. And then the hot cacao mix with reishi mushrooms is my favorite for an evening treat if I have a sweet tooth craving. So use the promo code alphafemale at checkout for 10% off and you can shop on their website at foursigmatic.com. Thank you for listening to the Alpha Female Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the show. And I would love you to eternity and back if you would be so kind to open your podcast app of choice. Go do it now before changing to the next episode. 
and just leave me a rating and review. It'll help other alpha females find this podcast and join in on the conversations. You can find more of me at robinbaldwin.com and join us next week for another inspiring chat. Have a spectacular day.